From the Oklahoma Studios, this is the Oklahoma's Varsity Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Jordan, here today with my co-hosts. We have Nick Sardis and Abby Bitterman. Guys, how's it going? <laughs> it's going good. Yeah, going good, man. Just just good? Nothing, nothing better than good, I guess? No. It's a beautiful day outside. Yeah. It's just a good day? Sure but, uh, is. But no, we're here today. This is episode two of the Oklahoma's Varsity Podcast. Uh, we have a lot of things that we want to run down today. At the end of it, we're going to get to answering some fan questions. But uh, kind of the first thing that they want to start out every week is uh, the best thing that we saw from the last week. Um, it can be anything from any sport, any game, any particular player that had a big impact, any team that just really stood out. Um, anyone want to start with that? We all have kind of ideas of what we saw. Like, What was the best thing that you guys saw this week? Uh, I'll go first. The best thing I saw um, this past week was – uh, Norman's uh, quarterback Cade Horton um, playing against Deer Creek. Uh, Cade threw uh, for over 300 yards, threw two touchdowns, ran in another two. Um, the Norman offense just looked really unstoppable against Deer Creek, and I think he was a big part of that. He, I mean, he just looked good. Like he would, not every pass he threw was uh, was completed. But like when it came out of his hand, it honestly looked like it was gonna be. He just, he just had a really smooth, solid game for Norman against Deer Creek. I, th- I think one of the most interesting things about Cade is that as great of a football player as Cade Horton is, he's even better at baseball. I mean, this is a kid who could possibly get drafted in the first, second, early rounds of the MLB draft come next year, and here he is already tearing it up through the first two games for Norman. Um, it's really, it's it's really impressive what he's been able to do. For me, I would say the biggest thing that I saw last week was the Carl Albert Titans, the Mighty Titans. Uh, it's not going to be hard for any team who plays them this season or really over the last 38 games that they've won to remember the Titans. Uh, it was really surprising to see how strong they started that game. JV on trailer caught the opening kickoff, took it back 91 yards for a touchdown. He also ha- actually had a 66-yard touchdown catch called back because of a holding call. But Carl Albert got off to that fast start, and Dell City's a fantastic team. But they just looked outmatched in that game from the outset. Carl Albert scored a touchdown on three of its first four plays. Uh, quarterback Ben Harris hit Rico Windham for a little uh, fade route in the end zone. Then you had JV on Hunt run in a couple touchdowns. He also threw a touchdown to Reese Collier at one point, a little jump pass. It brought me back to Tim Tebow days when he was playing at Florida. But no, Carl Albert is the machine that keeps on rolling. Uh, they did that on a really special night for former coach Gary Rose, and they named the stadium in his honor. But they uh, they just looked unstoppable. I, I don't know who can compete can compete with them in class 5a unless they have some injuries because they're a really good football team before nick goes i don't think we can just gloss over your remember the titans <laughs> reference there i mean it's going to be hard for teams to forget playing carl albert if they keep pummeling them like that it's just on i mean they're just that good yeah okay so i was at the uh, washington purcell game and uh, lance spaulding he had a just a great game he had 23 carries for 179 yards and two touchdowns and uh, I mean, they just they just kept feeding him the ball, and he he had an excellent game. So that was probably uh, my biggest takeaway from that game, other than my um, just awful Wi-Fi situation. <laughs> awful I, uh, Wi-Fi situation. I uh, yeah, I I didn't have Wi-Fi, so <laughs> <laughs> had to throw it back. So yeah, you wrote a, you wrote about Lance, and, and in your story, and I don't want to misquote you. He was homeschooled at one point, correct? That's right. He has eleven siblings. So he was homeschooled, and he moved to Washington uh, during his freshman year. So I wonder if you put those 11 on the field, if they'd be able to win a few football games. Probably get a little bit tired. But I guess they're playing eight-man. They may have a little bit more gas. But yeah. My uh, dad is the oldest of seven, and I always thought that that was a lot. But 11, yeah. Yeah. wow. Yep. 
See, I have, th- I have three other siblings, and I'm number two, and it's uh, it. I feel like I feel like four is a lot, but when I hear eleven, it's like, man. Yeah. What do you, What do you? How do your parents that? remember the names of those kids? <laughs> <laughs> like, what if two of them look the same? That's what I've always wondered. Okay. I feel like sometimes S- it's just tra- a lot of a lot of hey you, you know. Sidetracked here. I'm gonna get way off on a story. I went to high school with. I think I graduated with six sets of twins, in my graduating class, really? and three of them were identical twins. To this day, I'm not going to say any names. There is a pair of uh, a female twins who are athletes. They both ran track in college. Fantastic athletes, great people. I still am. I still keep up with them to this day. We're Facebook friends and everything. But to this day, if you put them side by side and they didn't tag each other in their Instagram pictures and tag each other in their Facebook photos, I would not know who they are. I, I just I don't know. I don't know how the parent. I mean, obviously, when you grow up around these people all the time, you figure that out. But me, not just being acquaintances with them in high school, still don't know who they are. <laughs> We're kind of moving on it's here. It's like a sweet life of Zach and Cody situation. <laughs> <laughs> moving on here. Uh, I want to talk about some games of the week. It's the last week before district play really gets underway. Um, there's a there's quite a few games across the city area that are good, and then there's a, a few in the state, too, that are going to stand out well. Um, I think one of the best games in the Metro, and, and it is what I consider the best game, it's what we ranked as the top ten number one game of the week, is Mustang at Westmore. Mustang has started the season off on a really great foot, winning the first two games. Westmore's done the exact same thing. They beat both their more rivals. Um, This game has the possibility to go a bunch of different ways. Yeah, I mean, uh, last week against uh, Edmund Santa Fe, Mustang uh, pulled out a close win. They won 24-21 to in kind of the last minutes of that game. Um, Coach Lee Blankenship told me it was one that could really have gone either way, but he also told me that... uh, after their 2-0 start, his players are really bought in and they're just looking to get better week by week. Um, and they're they're just really hoping to keep this momentum going that they have off this 2-0 start. And, and I think for on Westmore's side, they have quarterback Dayton Wolf, who he's he's really the as much you have to hate to make it a cliche, he's the key to the engine that makes that offense run. He's really effective with the ball, but uh, Coach Lorenzo Williams. I talked with him uh, late last week, even before they had uh, before they played Southmore. He just praised his ability and the offensive line's ability to really get the offense going. Just with how strong that their offense has been in the last couple weeks, it's just been really interesting to kind of see that development. And so this week, both those teams have a chance to make a really big statement uh, going into district play. Uh, for Mustang, it could be a really good win to kind of propel them to show that, like, hey, Mustang is back. We're we're competing, and not that Mustang went anywhere, but that Mustang is really someone to contend in, in Classic Say. For Westmore, it's like we haven't gone anywhere. Westmore's still a team that barely missed the playoffs last year, so both these teams are really trying to prove, like, hey, we can do this. We can really go into district play rolling. Kind of, and then another game is. Uh, tomorrow night, actually on Thursday night, we have Moore at Norman, which is a it's it's a battle of two stellar quarterbacks, is what the, is what that game is. Um, you have Daniel Highshaw Jr. from Moore, and then you have Cade Horton, who we alluded to earlier in the podcast. Um, I mean, I'll kind of let you guys. I mean, both those we've seen we've seen them all play this season, and it's going to be a really fun night tomorrow night at Harv Collins Field in Norman. Yeah, I've been really impressed with Moore. Uh, we saw them. Uh, which game was that? More Thur- against UConn. Thursday. Thursday. Last Thursday. Yeah, they looked really good. They have a lot of good players on their offense. Um, you know, High Shaw, obviously, but uh, but also the the wide receiver. You got Brandon w- Gerard. He had 258 receiving yards and two touchdowns on only five catches <laughs> yeah. Cam- against UConn. Cameron just knew that. Uh, he wasn't reading off stats or anything. <laughs> he just he just had that in his head. I want everyone to know. <laughs> and uh, another guy, Jace Gardner, um, who has 
kind of battled energy injuries throughout his career he also had a really good game uh he's a running back and he also plays linebacker so I was really impressed with Moore yeah Nick, Nick had a story about that in Monday's Oklahoma that really kind of detailed uh Jace's career over the last couple of years at Moore he's like like you said he's just he's had a couple injuries here a couple injuries there and he even played on a partially torn ACL last year yes and now he's back this year and he looks really really strong and and again you have Moore's offense but then you have Norman's offense which is arguably just as good if not better than Moore's yeah and I mean having seen uh Daniel Hyshaw on uh on Thursday night and then going and watching Cade Horton on Friday night it's really going to be um it's going to be a fun game uh in Norman tomorrow tomorrow Thursday night uh for these two quarterbacks I think it'll be I think it'll be quite quite the one to watch and, and then on defense too, we can't forget about we can't forget about the defensive side of these teams because for both teams, you have star defensive players. For more, they're gaining someone. Uh, Nikhil Davis transferred from Westmore. Um, his family moved houses within the district, and his first game after the 15-day period that he has to sit out per the OSSA rule is going to be against Norman. That's an absolutely huge boost to the defense. He's number 27 on the Oklahoman Super 30 list. Uh, he's a defensive end, 6'3", 240 pounds. He hasn't played in the first two games, hasn't really affected more much. Another one-on-one and lost to Westmore the opening game. But Nikhil Davis is someone who can make an impact immediately on that defense. He, he's going to be the best player on that defense when he steps out onto the field and someone who could really make things difficult for Kate, for Kate Horton. On defense, though, for Norman, you have Cole Thompson, who's the Oklahoma State commit at linebacker. He's also on the Oklahoma Super 30 list. Cole Thompson can hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, you may have seen this last week, and, and, and we've seen it so far. He can lay some hits on people, and he's a really—he's not even an oversized back or linebacker by any means. He's just a big physical freak who's not afraid to go go pop someone. Yeah, and I mean, against Deer Creek, Deer Creek only scored seven points in that game, and there were some drives where Norman just wouldn't let them get anywhere down the field. They did a really good job of uh, stopping Deer Creek, and um, they were just—they were just a very overpowering defense. And then. If we move on, not a city area team, or city area game, we should say, is Tulsa Edison facing off with Claremore. That's an interesting game because it's two of the state's top running backs. You have Savion Morrison from uh, Tulsa Edison, who just broke a really big record last week and is committed to Nebraska, facing off against Jace Hightower, a really strong power back from Claremore who's committed to Air Force. Um, And like I said, that record was a pretty big one that Savion was able to break. Yeah, uh, Spencer Tillman's uh, record for career rushing yards – um, I believe it stood for about 37 years uh, before it was broken this past Friday. Um, and actually, the cool thing about that is that Tillman um, was at Edison just two days before to receive an award, um, I believe, from their foundation. And so Tillman and Morrison got to meet each other just a few days before Morrison beat uh, broke his record. And so that's that's a really cool moment that they got to that they got to talk to each other a little bit, and then uh, he went out on the field and in the for- first quarter um, got got past that threshold to beat that record. And you got to think that how long is if this record lasts stood for thirty seven years, and Morrison's still got however many however many games are left in the season to keep adding to it. How long do you think his record's going to last for? You know, I mean the name he beats pretty special, but. Not only are there two good running backs there, come back to the city area, we also have a game in Class 5A. Nick's actually going to be out there on Friday at Noble at Piedmont. Uh, 
kind of tell us a little bit about that matchup, kind of going into it. Yeah, you know, Noble, they've kind of been exceeding expectations this year. Uh, they're having a really good season. And, um, you know, Piedmont, they run the flex bone. It's their first year with uh, Coach Hall, uh, Jeff Hall. Jeff Hall, yep, came from UConn. Came from UConn. He was the offensive coordinator at UConn. So it's going to be interesting to see that flex bone against Noble. So Yeah, I think it's it's a really intriguing matchup. Piedmont coming off its first win last week. And Noble, like you said, started off the season 2-0. Both teams are really looking to make a statement before they go into district play, both in difficult districts, both trying to get back into the playoffs. It's just it's a matchup that, like we said earlier with Mustang-Westmore, a win could really propel one of these teams to go further in the playoffs, where a loss, it may not get them down too much because the competition of the game is going to be really good. But who doesn't want to go into district play on a losing streak? Or who doesn't want to go in not coming off a win? I mean, you want to be winning it going into the playoffs. We'll kind of talk some other football news here. Um, Abby, I believe you have some news about a certain team. Wait, I forgot. Oh, is this one I talk about? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we can talk first about the OSSA notes from today's board meeting. Sure. Wait, I really don't remember what game yeah. I'm supposed to talk about. I thought you are going to give us an Anadarko oh, update. Oh, yes, the Anadarko update, yes. Um, yes, so uh, shout out to... The Norman Transcripts, Tyler Palmatier, for uh, his question about how Anna Darko was doing. They are off to a 2 and one start right now uh, with wins over Hera. Is that how you say that? Yep. Hera and Lexington to start the season. But then in their home opener last week, they lost to Blanchard. Um, and they're, taking, they're uh, on a bye this week, taking the week off and looking to get um, back rolling again against uh, Cash. Starting district play for the Anadarko. I've actually uh, officiated a playoff game in Anadarko my oh, yeah? first year. Yeah, it was a really fun game. I can't remember who they played. I believe it was a Tulsa team. Anadarko is good. It's, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. they're good. I mean, here's the deal. Blanchard, Blanchard was motivated in that game because Blanchard's coming off a, lo- a season-opening loss to Elgin. Yep. Um, Elgin was coming off a really down year but has a new coach this year. Um, the running back's name escapes my mind right now, but he's an all-around player. He also plays on the defense and is just outstanding. And so Blanchard was coming to that game fired up, so they were ready to play. And but yeah, like you said, for Tyler, good, yep. congrats to Anna Darko. I believe I believe that Blanchard won that game thirteen to nothing. So uh, not not a huge score in that game. The so. defensive slugfest yep. is what it sounds like. Yep. We'll get into a, a little bit of the OSSA notes this year, just because this affects all all schools. Um, because of the Oklahoma City Public Schools reshuffling. It took some time to approve the uh, ADM for the 2019-20 school year, which is what the OSSA uses to classify um, teams for different sporting events. The new ADM numbers, which are approved today, affect all sports except for cheer, fall baseball, fast pitch, and football. Cross country and volleyball will use the end-of-the-year annual statistical report from the State Department of Education and to classify for this year. So those have already been taken care of. The other ones are now going to use these numbers, which are approved today. Um, spring baseball and soccer will also use the new numbers to redistrict for the twenty nine for the twenty twenty and twenty twenty one seasons, and those proposed districts are going to be presented at the next board of directors meeting on October 9th. The new football districts. This is how this really affects football, is because normally the year before we have new districts in football, coaches, especially at the coaches clinic in July, go around and are scheduling non district games because they know their schedules a little bit. They know what other teams going to be doing. They weren't able to do that this year because of these numbers. Because of the OKCPS reshuffling, they weren't able to present accurate numbers to the OSSA until last week. So now the proposed districts for next year and beyond will be presented to the Board of Directors on January 15th of 2020. 
using the new ADM numbers in the first quarter statistical report from the State Department of Education. The biggest changes football-wise for teams in the city, how this affects. Putnam West is going to drop to Class 6A2 for football, while Putnam, or um, excuse me, Putnam City is moving up. I am way off on this. I am completely messing this up. That is not at all. Don't listen to me. Putnam North is dropping from Class 6A1 down to Class 6A2. Putnam City West, however, is moving up to Class 6A1. Those are the two biggest changes for those two schools. So Putnam North and Putnam West essentially are, did a, are, are essentially flipping. Essentially did a switcheroo. Okay. I'm, I'm just, sti- I'm I'm just trying lying. to make sure it's... Wait, Ignore the last minute of what I said. Putnam City. Oh, gosh. The three Putnam schools all threw me off. Putnam City is moving up to Class 6A1 for football, while Putnam North is dropping to Class 6A2. We got it straight. Is Putnam West involved at all? Putnam West is not involved at all. Capitol Hill, Oklahoma City Public School, is the number 33 team in the ADM, which means they're one spot outside of Class 6A. So that drops them to Class 5A. U.S. Grant remains in 6A2 for football, but both those schools are independent. If both schools remain independent, Shawnee would move, or excuse me, Shawnee would remain in Class 6A2. Shawnee is number 34 in the ADM. But Del City comes in at number 35. Del City, which is in 6A2 right now, would drop back down to 5A. Those two schools have a difference of 16.17 in the ADM. So it's that's a number of students. It's, I don't know, there's 0.17 students. I mean, I don't know if they count height into that or what they do, but 0.17 students. That's the difference between those two schools. And then Oklahoma City schools, as far as it's concerned, John Marshall and Class SAS are numbers 69 and 70. If Capitol Hill and U.S. Grant are both independent, and then Santa Fe South, which is in Class 5A, not playing football, both of those programs would be on the cusp of Class 5A in football. This year, John Marshall's in Class 3A. Class SES is playing an independent 11-man football schedule. So that's enough. That's enough talk about that. So, Cameron, if everyone's a little bit confused about exactly what you were just <laughs> saying there or which schools are moving to uh, which which levels, is there a is there a story they could go look at to get that all straightened out? You can always go look at Oklahoman.com. If I would have had the correct story pulled up and not been reading off of <laughs> the wrong story, I'd have been able to get that. No. The biggest the biggest changes, um, you can also check out the full list of the ADM. We have that on our website. Like I said, Oklahoman.com slash sports slash high dash school. If you guys wanted to check that out online. Though that's kind of all the football notes we have today, unless you guys have anything else to add. Kind of moving forward, how about some non-football notes? Um, other sports are in full swings. We got state tournaments starting here in like three weeks. It's it's hard to believe. Obviously, football well, isn't even in district fast. play, and we have state tournaments that are starting in not even three weeks. Um, I'll kind of get us I'll kind of get us kicked off here with uh, with volleyball. The first volleyball rankings for the state came out this last week. A bunch of local teams are involved. Class six A number one Edmond North, number two Broken Arrow, number three Edmond Memorial, number four Norman North. Uh, and, and number five is Jinx. And Memorial, Broken Arrow, and Jinx, two, three, and five, are all playing at the Owasso tournament this weekend. So that's going to be a really competitive tournament up there. Kind of going down some more local teams. Bishop McGinnis is number two in Class 5A. Oklahoma Christian School is number two in Class 4A. Southwest Covenant is number four. And Bethany is number five. And then you go down a little bit more, the top five for 3A, Metro Christian, Oklahoma Union, Cement, Oklahoma Bible, and OK, Oklahoma. What a great name. OK, Oklahoma. <laughs> That is that is your volleyball update. Now for softball, um, uh, defending six A champs Westmore beat Southmore the other the other night nine to six. Um, Westmore and Southmore are both 
atop the uh, 6A2 standings right now. So that's a big um, that's a big win for Westmore. Uh, Tuttle is dominating down in 4A. They're 24 and two right now. Phoenix um, State champs too, if I believe, correct? Yes. Actually, more than they've won like they've won three th- in a row. Yeah, they're three or four. Tuttle's pretty good. Tuttle, yeah, Tuttle's Tuttle's good. Um, and then uh, Deer Creek, uh, they're they're now up to two in um, I believe it is District Six A One. There and they're also um, they've also been pretty hot lately, especially with their bats. They hit uh, eleven home runs last week. Um, according to their coach, so yeah, a lot of a lot of fun going on in softball. I played in a slow pitch softball league this summer. I kept trying to hit dingers. It didn't work out. I had a bun. I had a, I didn't I didn't field this infield inside infield the park inside the park home run, and that fired me up. But not a power hitter. Let's just say that I like to get on base and play good and play good pitch. I was a, I was a pitcher. I was pretty good. Got a few strikeouts in the slow pitch softball. So come at me. I played fast pitch softball for about nine years. I also was not a power hitter, but I got on a lot, you know, hitting for contact. There's something to be said there. Nick's probably over there laughing. Baseball, he probably hit one over the wall with his eyes closed. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know, man. I hit I hit a bunch of home runs if they move the foul line, like, that. 10 feet to the left. I like to pull. I like if I would like if the outfield fence was where second base was. <laughs> oh, I hit a lot of home runs like that. You just you just like popping up to the middle infield a lot. Uh, I usually like to hit low liners for a single or a double. But oh, okay. okay. I I can't directionally hit. Someone who we could play could directionally hit. So it was a uh, he liked to try to rub that in our face. That's a different story though. Okay. Nick, do you have any updates? From, I do not. From whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got say, nothing, man. He's got nothing. I got a blank word document in front of me. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> Kind of, kind of looking ahead of this weekend. We've kind of already uh, mentioned that Nick's going to be out at uh, Noble Piedmont. Kind of what he's looking forward to. What are some other projects that you guys are working on? I know we have a couple Friday Night Lights stories coming up for each of you guys that you're working on. But let's tell everybody kind of what some of the things that we're working on. Oh yeah, I'm uh, I'm working on a story right now about uh, Norman North and the coaching staff there. How they went around to um, their players' uh, houses during the off season in the spring. Um, and just talked to talk to all the parents and like the families of their players uh, to kind of it's coach uh, it's coach Jones's I believe second season there right now and so he and his coaching staff just wanted to kind of um, talk with the families let them know what their program is all about answer any questions they might have and kind of just get in the door with them and so that's a that's the big story that I'm working on right now and along with that, I'll be out at uh, uh, Edmond Santa Fe at Norman North this Friday. So, yeah, that's what I got going. Kind of a side note on the Edmond Santa Fe game, just brought this up. Uh, Colin Oliver, who's a standout junior defensive end for Santa Fe, he tweeted yesterday that he had a hairline fracture on his right tibia, if I'm remembering correctly. So he's going to be out for 6 to 12 weeks. Uh it's a really, it's a really big loss for, uh, it's a really big loss for Santa Fe's defense because he's a, he's a really standout player, and so we definitely send well wishes to hoping he can get healed and maybe get back for the playoffs if Santa Fe is able to make it. Also, update on other projects. I don't know if you're able to hear it in last week's podcast because I guess we had a little, um, a little glitch at one point. But last week my big project was building my bed because I just moved back down to Oklahoma from my uh, hometown 
of Chicago. Um, and that's all built now. So that's that that project's done. There you I've, never, go. I've never been to Chicago. I have. It's 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 very nice. I like Chicago. You what? should go. It's the best it's the best big city in America. It blows New York and LA out of the water. That's that's a bold statement. I I I've been to New York. I believe it strongly though. Been to New York and I hate it. I haven't been to LA, so I can't I can't comment on LA. But I've been to Chicago and it's pretty awesome. So, what is your favorite thing about Chicago? The pizza was pretty great. Uh, so there was that. I went to Wrigley Field. That was really fun. Um, the friendly confines are beautiful. Uh, deep dish pizza. It's yeah. delicious. Regular thin cr- in in Chicago they cut the thin crust pizza into squares, and I love it. Um, Kanye West also. Yep, Chance the Rapper. <laughs> Sounds like I need to go to. They have the. They have the. Uh, you're gonna get mad at me. They have the bean there, right? Yes, they do have the bean. Is that what it's called? The bean. Yes. Yeah. Well, tech. I think its official name actually is like Cloudgate or something like that. But I think I I I read the plaque that said that, and I don't think like most people from Chicago know that. So yeah, but the bean is there. I've been. It's in Millennium Park. It's interesting. Uh, Nick, what's what's kind of going on in your future? Not much, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just sitting there with your blank word document? Yeah, blank word document. Uh, I'm going to be covering two games this week. Um, that's about it, man. Where, where, are you, where are you headed? We've already been over this. That's true. We Noble against Piedmont on Friday. Thursday, Blanchard against Newcastle. I don't think we talked about that one. Yes, Blanchard, Newcastle. I'm going to be doing a story about uh, Bryce Madrin. He's the uh, Blanchard star running back, so I'm going to do a story about him. That's going to be in Friday's paper, and that's about it. People may recognize his name. He's a pretty good baseball athlete too, isn't he? Yes, he's probably a better baseball player than he is a football player, even though he's extremely good at both. What is the uh, – kind of working on a little bigger project, your own Friday Night Lights story for next week. What? I'm not going to talk about it. Not going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll have to wait and find out when that comes out next Friday. For me, I will be at Kingfisher at Bethany this week. Uh, a couple of things I'm going to look for is Kingfisher offensive lineman Wes Hine. Um, he's committed to Northern Iowa. He's just an interesting player just because he's he's a really experienced player and a standout player on their team and really makes them go on an already uh, experienced offensive line. Whereas for Bethany, when we go over to Bethany, we have uh, Sam Brandt, who was uh, All-State for the Oklahoman last year as a defensive back. He's also plays quarterback for Bethany, and Bethany was Class 4A runner-up last year, so it's going to be really, it's going to be a fun game to be at, and I'll be out there on Friday. Um, we'll also, uh, if you're just looking for an interesting game to possibly go to, I brought this up yesterday with uh, Jenny Carlson on our Varsity Sports Update in our uh, in our in our studio. It, if you want to just go see good players, if you're an OSU fan too, this works out. Name drop, by the way. Bixby, <laughs> Bixby's in town. Bixby has two OSU commits with Brendan Presley and Jordan Reagan. They're playing f- against Putnam City. And then you also have Mason Williams, quarterback, and Braylon Presley, who's a sophomore running back. So if you just want to go see some really talented players, see the team that beat Jinx 57-7 to two weeks ago, go to Putnam City Stadium on Friday. Get see some pretty decent football from the Tulsa area come down. Um, kind of, This is something that we kind of wanted to start and get into it a little bit. I'm going to let you two handle this first question. We always are welcome to fan questions. Please tweet at us. Um, please send it in on Facebook, Pidge, Carrier Pigeon, whatever mode of transportation works for you guys. Uh, owl, if you like Harry Potter and want to send it on an owl, go ahead. 
big fan of the podcast here, biggest noble Bears supporter there is in the world, Jason Kersey. He asks, after Ada beat Ardmore and then Noble crushed Ada, should I go ahead and get a Noble Class 5A Champs t-shirt printed up? Nick, you're covering Noble this weekend. What do you think? Uh, let's see. Yes. Yes. Be confident. If you're going with the transitive property of, of football wins, then, you know, why not? I mean, be confident I in mean, your school, so I yes. Mean, I mean, Cameron, you might want to address this, though, but uh, Noble currently uh, is not ranked. They're not so ranked in the top seven. I, maybe, I, maybe not. I think I'm not a big fan down there. In that, in that and who comes up with the rankings? Just you, just you, let everybody know who comes up I with the rankings. I will let like everybody comes up with the rankings. I'm actually going to talk about this on the podcast because we have another question about how we do the rankings. I come up with the rankings. Yep. I do all the rankings on Saturdays. Right. after. No input from Abby and I. Yep. He Cam- doesn't care. Cameron, <laughs> Cameron's, <laughs> their, Cameron's their not going to be allowed... <laughs> Cameron's not going to be allowed to show his face at Kendall's down in Noble. That's right. After after what he did to the good to the good Bears fans. Uh, I have my reasonings. Well, I, you provide I them. I don't ever just. To, I don't to ever share? just. So <laughs> let let the people know. So to let ever, to, for people who may not be aware, Noble is two and zero and beat Ada last week, and I kept Ada at number nine in the top ten rankings that we do every week. So I rank the top ten teams in every class. It's a bold move, Cotton. <laughs> You can say so. So here we have a question from Kevin Green, who's the sports editor. Who's a sports editor? He used to be at the Lawton Constitution. Now he's the sports editor up at the Claremore Progress. He asks, "How much time do you spend picking every game in the state? Do you research each team or just make educated guesses?" So I'll kind of try to explain this in a Reader's Digest version to keep it short. So if you guys don't know, every Thursday comes out in the Oklahoma and online. I pick every sing- the score of every single high school game in the state. So the way that I do that, I actually have a Google Doc that is set up, thanks to the help of former beat writers, Scott Wright, Jacob Under, who are now working together on the OSU beat. They started this and kind of passed it down to me, and now I'm continuing to do it. So starting with this Google Doc, I have the I have, I have have rankings for every single team, 1 through 16, 1 through 32, 1 through whatever, 1 through 63 and 2A, and, and so on and so forth. I go through and update the, update the records of every single team on Saturday. So I usually start Friday nights after the games when I get home. And I finish Saturday mornings. And then I go back through, and I usually go a class at a time so I can just focus on, okay, who won, who lost, and just keep going that way. So then, for example, this week, Owasso was number two, Broken Arrow was number one. Those two teams, or Owasso won that matchup, so I flipped them. But then I go through and I look at the matchups. I look at who teams beat. I look at who teams lost to. So, for example, I didn't punish... Dell City, even though they're a class higher than Carl Albert, I did not punish Dell City for losing to Carl Albert because Carl Albert is on a 38-game winning streak and is one of the top teams in the state. That's a lot of games. That's a lot of games. They're only 10 away from tying the state record for consecutive win streaks, which Wagner set. You think they'll get there? Just to interject from your thought process on the rankings. I mean, we, I, I hyped up Carl Albert a lot earlier. If they do get there, if they don't get there, then I deserve some crap. Oh, yes. So I'm was, sorry. Remember the Titans. I almost forgot. Titans. That's right. How I think I? Carl Albert has a chance to get there. Um, looking ahead at their schedule, I think the toughest game until they start the playoffs is against McGinnis, who I have at number two in the rankings right now in Class 5A. So, obviously, if it's a battle of 1-2, McGinnis has Dominic Richardson, TCU commit, Brennan Walker, OU commit, could be interesting. Luke Tarman, the Oklahoman Staff Choice Player of the Week. Luke Tarman is their quarterback, junior quarterback. I got to watch him a couple weeks ago. But what I do is I go through, and I usually go class at a time, and I just kind of look. I say who won, who lost, 
and I I look at those. I look at who what teams who teams have beaten, who teams have lost to, and this is for rankings, not for picks. And I adjust based off wins and losses. Um, I occasionally will call coaches. Um, I'm not going to name any coaches. I'll occasionally just call a coach and ask what their opinion of this team is, what that team is. And I like to try to call, and I like to try to call a few if I can, just to try to keep it fair, keep it honest. And then I go through, and, and at the same time, I look at how many points they're scoring against these teams, how many points they didn't score, how how well their defense is playing, whether players are injured. I factor that in, and that's how I kind of do my rankings. I do those every Saturday morning for Sunday's paper. As far as picks go, ask are they? Do I research each team or just make educated guesses? So obviously, all of our local teams, I have a really good knowledge of. Uh, I think we have 82 schools that are considered in our coverage area here at the Oklahoma and Oklahoma City. I have a pretty good knowledge of all of those teams, just like all of us do. Now, when we get now when we get down to some schools that play Class A, Class B, Class C football, I don't have as much knowledge as them, but I do research. So that's where the research part comes in. So same thing. I look at who they've played. I look at where I have those teams ranked. Because like I said, I rank every single team one through whatever, 63 in Class 2A, 58 in Class A, and 48 in Class B. I go through rank every single one of those teams, and I move them around. And so I look at where I have them ranked. I also look at what they did against their previous opponent. Do they have a win against a good team? Have they scored a lot of points? Or are they playing bad teams? Is that why they may be 2-0, 3-0? And so I kind of go through and look at that. A lot of times, the games are fairly easy to pick once you do a little bit of research on teams. And now, especially for in in non-district play when teams are playing other ones from out of state, I have to do research on teams from Arkansas, teams from Kansas, teams from Texas, and look up, okay, what did this team do last year? What did this team do this year? Like, okay, they won this game, but how good is this team that they beat? And so the picks normally take me around five, six, seven hours. Um, This week was a little bit shorter just because there's not as many games this week. There's a few teams with a bye. But they usually take a little bit longer just because, like we said, it's a lot of games. There's there's sometimes a couple hundred games in the state. But just going through, I do research on all of them. I never just try to look at teams and make a pick unless it's fairly obvious if a team is maybe a little bit down or not having a great season or if – you have a team that's just really great playing another different team. But that's how I do my rankings. It's not just anything that's just a random guess. I definitely put in research. I put in time to it, and it's something that I do early in the week, and I uh, occasionally will ask questions to coaches or just kind of look to see what I can do to pick. And just even last week, for example, I had uh, Barry Trammell. Everybody was going to recognize that name. Another name drop. Name drop. Name drop. <laughs> I uh, I asked him. I said, "Hey Barry, what would you pick on this game? Just a random game during our weekly meeting." And he gave me the winner. It was uh, he picked Spyro to beat Hartshorn, and he was correct. So Barry Trammell is actually one and zero on picks this year. So there if he go. never picks a game again this year, he will have a better record than me, no matter what. So that's why I pick games. That was a short answer that turned into a long answer. That's a short answer, but that is uh, how I pick games. Um, guys, do you have anything else? Abby, no. no? Maybe maybe I'll get to guess pick a game someday. <laughs> maybe. Here, I got one for you guys before we leave. All right. For our listeners, number one game of the week, Mustang at Westmore. We talked about it. We all know a little bit about the teams. What you guys think, pick? I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Mustang. You know, they're coming off what has to have been um, a very exciting victory uh, over Santa Fe. Um, it with that, you know, kind of kind of late game win um i think that's that's got some energy behind it that's gonna that's gonna drive you forward next week so i'm gonna go mustang you got a score 
Oh gosh. Um, let me think about that for a second. I got Westmore. I think their offense is just pretty phenomenal. So I'm going to go high scoring, like 49, 35, something like that. That sounds good. That's that's really close to my score. You're just going to flip it, say Mustang 49, 35. Yeah, let's go with that. I don't <laughs> like scores to me are always like like I'll pick winners, but scores it's like I I'm basically just like picking two numbers out of a hat and like saying that I don't know like I'm going 49 35 that's what I'm doing the way I pick scores I kind of look at what they've done and try to realize a little bit about the team see what they've done see what they who they're playing and I kind of just go off that okay well that's a little bit more scientific than just picking two (laughs) numbers out of a hat (laughs) I I that's that's uh, why you make the picks and I just sit here well if I if if I'm picking a side I am I have Westmore scoring more points than Abby has, and I have Mustang scoring less points than Nick has. But I have, I have Mustang winning this game 42-38. Um, what, you have Mustang? I have Mustang winning this game oh. 42-38. I'm the only Westmore guy. <laughs> All right. Hey, you were, you were big on Moore earlier, now Westmore. I guess people are just going out to get you for some That's reason. That's right. Um, no, but I have Mustang winning this game uh, 42-38. So uh, what about what about this one? We'll uh, – We'll bring up we'll bring up another game since we talked about it a little bit. Moore and Norman. We've both seen we've we've all seen those couple teams. We talked about it. What's your guys' score prediction for that game? I'll go first. I have Norman beating Moore forty-five to thirty-five. So again, another shootout, but two great offenses. I just feel like Norman's just a little bit better than Moore, and that's why I'm picking him forty-five thirty-five. I'm. I think I'm also going to have to go with with Norman. I think that Norman's offense is and defense actually on both sides of the ball I think they're just a little bit better than more based on the two games I saw last week um still don't have a score this this is a tough one it really is it it was a tough game to pick I I'm worried about Moore's defense but I'm still gonna go with the Lions get me more um let's see gonna get you some love from more public schools 45 to 41 I think this game's going to be a shootout. Just you have two great oh, offenses. Definitely. You have two great offenses, and, and yeah. that's what it's going to come down to is quarterback play. Yep. Which quarterback's going to make the last play? It's going to look like some Big 12 football out there. That's right. <laughs> In Big 12 country, not far from it at least. Yeah. And and not far from a place that doesn't know how to play great defense. No offense to those OU Sooners, but they're getting better. I saw – Oklahoma State has a great defense? No, I didn't, I didn't. not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're definitely Oklahoma's defense is definitely working its way up in the defensive rankings. Still not, still not like great, but definitely better than last year. And there's you gotta, no question about yeah. that. Well, it's there's, not like they've there's, played. There's only going up, you know, from from certain points of last year. I mean, it's not like they played juggernauts. So mm-hmm. let's not get That's, let's not get carried away. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of everything today. Chicago pizza, point. some college football. That's, That's right. why you should listen to the Oklahoma's Varsity podcast. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe, guys. What are your Twitter handles again? Oh, they're just uh, at <laughs> all of our first names underscore our last names. Yeah, that's right. Mine is a shortened first name. It's just Cam. So if you type in Cameron, not going to work. But Cam underscore Jordan, Abby underscore Benjamin, Nick underscore Sardis. It's really go. hard to mess that up. But, hey, somehow we decided to all do that. So it works. Before we leave, how many people call you Jordan Cameron per year? How many, how many times does that happen to you? I get more emails per week calling me Jordan Cameron than I do getting called Cameron. <laughs> and it's just ridiculous. It's, do they spell Jordan correctly? Do they know there's a U? Most of the time they don't. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. 
Well, like I said, guys, thanks for listening to the Varsity Podcast. Make sure you guys subscribe. You're not going to miss any episodes. We record every single Wednesday. Uh, make sure you guys send in your questions, too. If you guys have questions, make sure you tweet at us. You can email us. You can post on Facebook if that's what works for you. You can send it, like I said, however you can get your questions in. Make sure you guys do that. Uh, make sure you pigeon. Yeah, I mean, um, if you want to like, If you want to, like, attach it in a in like one of those barrels on like a on a dog that's a thing i saw in a movie once um that'd be great i'd love if a question came to me via dog on a dog i would that would be awesome oh yeah but yeah guys make sure you make sure you stay tuned for our next episode next week and make sure to follow up with all of our coverage on the oklahoma.com 